You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, Ready, sisters? Welcome! Hey sisters! To OK Sis! I'm Scout. I am Mads. And we are the sisters behind OK Sis Podcast. That we are. Welcome to the podcast where we sit and talk to one another. <laughs> oh my god, are we going to go through this every episode? <laughs> Our current fixations. Oh. Follow it up with a rad female guest. Follow it up with a rad female guest. <laughs> <laughs> People get it. They know who we are. Well, they if know. you're new, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Um, Thank you for joining the sisterhood. I like to grace everyone with with a little tune. Oh, great. What are you going to sing? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Clear your throat, girl. Clear my throat. Now I'm speechless. What? Oh, my the God. Edge of just are we doing this right now? I never thought that I'd catch this love bug again. You know that song? Yes, I know that song. Guys, the Joe Bros are back. Oh okay, God. so our stepsister, she's in England in college, and she DM'd me. There's this uh, Joe Jonas was on a yacht with his brothers, and he posted a video of them three dancing to Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves, which is just like every. And, and she she DM'd it to me, and she was like, "This is the most Maddie post I've ever seen in my life." Okay, so I'm like way too old for the Jonas Brothers. I missed that boat by like. A, a long shot i am so here for this reunion i am i'm front row concert like i i am there oh my god i could not give two shits i when sucker came out i started listening to their past stuff and oh wow if you didn't know what uh nostalgia was that's what it is the only jonas brothers song that i have a memory of is year, year 3000 it's the worst one i know that's why it's so bad that it's best good. one is um hold on 
Hold on, we don't have time left to regret. Okay, this is not karaoke. <laughs> this is a podcast. I know, but it, me holding this uh, mic really makes me feel. You're feeling, you're oh. feeling into it. Oh. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to shallow now. My God, get you, get. We need to get you into karaoke. Is what we need to do. I know. I just need to go once and just sing my heart out after one drink or one bottle of wine and i like how you go from one drink to one bottle of wine because there's literally no in between for me yeah it's just one it's one or the other can i join you yeah and then we we need to figure out where to go to karaoke i've been trying to find if, you, if anyone in la knows where to go to karaoke where you don't have to pay thousands of dollars for a little booth room and i could just go up on the stage i, I don't think those things exist yeah i don't know you I know looked, they do there's, i looked everywhere there's a lot in san diego i think I, well, there's definitely ones like in the weekdays. I think it's more a weekday thing than it is, is it a now? weeknight. Okay. I don't know. I need to I need to do some more investigative work. But regardless, I'm here for the Jonas Brothers reunion. I am Bring not here. On. I'm going to just take all my money. I'm ready. Oh, my God. No. I, I, I like really I think I'm too old for it, which is like really are. horrible to say. No, you were. You were. I was too old for it. Yeah, I, think, I was I think really you on were the borderline. Also, yeah, I, I think, was like, I think we should look into that, Mads. I was a sophomore. No, I was a freshman in in high school, and I went to their concert instead of going to the homecoming dance. Oh my god, I would never do that. I loved homecoming dances and proms. That was my jam, dude. I would never loved, miss one. Yeah, those were fun. They were so fun, and then you had a party bus, and you got wasted on the party bus. Yes, and then we 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 had party buses uh, after. We had, yeah, after, after. And then we would drink uh, UV pink lemonade, which just makes me want to vomit every yeah, time that I just say that word. Yeah, that sounds really words. undelightful. Um, okay. I would like to give a review. Of? On a product. Okay. So. I'm skeptical. Guest number two of Sis, Carson Meyer. Oh, yeah. Good friend. Um, I went into Violet Gray the other day, which if you haven't been to Violet Gray, it's just like a mecca of skincare, uh, very expensive skincare. So just go in there with like a wad of cash. Now, you walk right into it. It's just a beautiful glamour. It looks like it looks like an old Hollywood glamour's um, uh, glam room. Okay. Okay. Ho- <laughs> old Hollywood. Very old, nice. Yeah. Very nice Sorry. description. Oh, God. My head. Okay. So you walk right in. What do you see? Just like a, b- a beaming light is coming out of it. Carson? Carson. No, her product. No, sorry. That's what I meant. Carson's product. See in the Moon, which is her scrub that sh- that is all organic and un- incredible. Uh, side note, Kim Kardashian just like fully endorsed it on her Instagram, which just like, I guess Carson can retire now. Yeah, that's actually insane that yeah. Kim Kardashian posted it to her Instagram I stories. mean, also throwback to episode two. I know. Oh, my God. Remember when we first started? I know. I really love. We should do like little highlights of our past guests to see like what their achievements are. What they're up to um, now. But yeah, She's no. So it. obviously, I've, I mean, I purchased it before, but I was just like, I got to support my woman and I was doing a full on photo shoot. I got on my knees. I was doing this whole like photo shoot. All the employees were laughing at me. And then um, the employees were, I was like, oh, yeah, like, I know Carson. Don't worry. Like, I know Carson. (laughs) Don't worry. I know Carson. And they were like, and they were so excited. And um, yeah, I I tried it. I I was using it this morning. And God damn, that scrub is good. I got to get some. I I can't use it every day, though, because it's a little pricey. But um, worth it. Worth it. Like, it makes you feel. And I've been, I've been suffering from dry skin body wise okay and um i have 
chicken skin. I'm not really sure how to um, what the medical term is for. We get it on the arms. You know what I mean? Yeah, like we know bumps. What, yeah, we know what you're talking um, about. So I've been trying to find something that's exfoliating. Very and, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, so we have a little bit of an announcement. We are changing things up here at OKSIS. We know we have been providing all of you with two episodes a week every Monday and Thursday, but we are going to be scaling it back to every Monday now, so just once a week. Um, we just kind of, I don't know, we just feel as if we want to bring you one solid, beautiful, inspiring right. episode a week. And so we're scaling it back, and we hope you guys will continue to support us and listen on Mondays. Yes, because TGIM. TGIM. And now Word of the Week will actually be Word of the Week because we only have one episode a week. I know. That's, yes, that's the reason we're doing it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> for for that. that to make sense. Also, we're on a quest to get Cassie Randolph and Michelle Randolph on our podcast, so if you, anyone knows them, please uh, tell us. Okay, so emails. my Explore page on Instagram, all it is is Colton and Cassie. Like, the entire Explore page is just Colton and Cassie. And that might be because I stalk them way too much. Like I literally watch all of their stories every day. Um, so she's moving. I saw today. She's moving to LA, I believe, with Michelle. Okay. But she said, I, I still have my house. I think she was living at home. I don't know what house. I think she she's her still in, house? She's still like, in school because Colton yeah. keeps posting that she's taking all these quizzes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she said, I'm still in school, but I'm, I'm mixing it up with city life. So I'm moving to L.A. Because that's where my Colton sister. lives. Yeah, but they're not, li- they're not moving together. I know they're not moving in together, which I think is smart. And it was so weird. She was like, and I'm closer to Colton. Yay. Me and Michelle are living in the same building as Kaylin. Any other season 23ers living in that building? And I was like. Why would you want to live with people that were your boyfriend's See, but that's like the weird, but that's like the weird thing about The Bachelor is it's that like the they people, all become friends. They become friends. It's but kind of not, incestuous. Not the one that wins. I don't know. No, they do. Uh, they really do. Uh, Becca became friends with all the girls from her season. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just it's found just, that so weird. No, it's like one of the weird things about that franchise, but somehow yeah. it just works. Well, I mean, her and Caitlyn are for sure like very Ride close. Or die. Yeah, 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 very close. Oh, wow. Okay, should we get into the, our guest this week? No, the word of the week. Oh, sorry. Whoops. Jumping ahead. Okay, the word of the week is mollify. It means to appease the anger or anxiety of someone, reduce the severity of something, soften. Oh, I love that. Yes. So, say the word again? Mollify. We are mollifying the patriarchy. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I was thinking it more of like our current guest is mollifying mollifying what oh is it not a adjective oh it's a verb Sorry. it's a verb oh okay um she mollifies she does our guest this week is amy stanton she is the author co-author co-author of the feminine revolution which if you yeah. have not read that book pick it up it's your new bible it's everything it happened to your feminine energy it brought up so it brought up so much for me. I could have talked to her for another two hours. Oh, there was yes. so much There's to unpack so much of this to book. Unpack. And, um, you know, we get into all the different facets of, of feminism and not feminist, sorry, feminine traits that um, not are overlooked, but the reason they may be stigmatized and how we can really ignite those powers within us and use them to our advantage rather than trying to suppress them in our beautifully patriarchal society that we live in today yeah so it's a really good one she's just goals all around she's beautiful oh my god so beautiful elegant yeah graceful graceful she's just mollifying she just has this energy i'm gonna gonna think mollifying is an adjective 
No, it's not. Oh. It's a verb. We've been over this. She mollifies. She mollifies. <laughs> <laughs> She's just, oh gosh. She's very guys. well educated on the topic of femininity. She brings up topics like crying, sensitivity, intuition, um, uh, maternal instincts, and how we can actually use all Sex. of these. Which we didn't get into, which I'm really I bummed know. about. But um, she brings out all these feminine traits that have been looked down upon in society. And she actually s- flips them on their head and says, hey, this is actually an asset in business. Mm-hmm. And here's how you can use your feminine traits to get ahead in business, which I thought was like but mind-blowing. Like, yeah, but also... I mean, men can also tap into this. It's not men you know, should tap into their feminine traits. Everyone has these traits at their disposal. It's just that society has diminished their power. Yeah, and we need to take that power back. Yes, amen, sister. Okay, sisters, you're gonna love this episode. Enjoy. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans 
jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design. So you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS, O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Amy Stanton co-authored the book, The Feminine Revolution with Katherine Connors, which offers 21 ways to ignite your feminine power for a brighter life and better work. They've challenged outdated perceptions that feminine traits are weaknesses, redefining those characteristics as assets that should be championed. With an upbeat blend of self-help and fresh analysis, The Feminine Revolution reboots femininity for the modern woman and provides her with the tools to accept and embrace her own authentic nature. In addition to The Feminine Revolution, Amy is the founder of Stanton & Company, a PR and marketing agency based in Los Angeles, with a focus on promoting and building positive female role models and messaging for women. Without further ado, Amy. Hello. How are you? Welcome. I'm fantastic. So happy to be with both of you. Oh my God, we've been waiting for this episode. It's just because we never had an author on. We've actually. never had an author on, and, and author. we're big bibliophiles, so like this so is a this big is deal. A I feel very deal. honored. Yeah, and it's amazing because we've essentially been reading your words, so we feel yeah. like we know you. But yeah. now you're sitting here, right, right you in front do of know us. Me. You with your uh, what's it's a rose quartz? Yes. Rose yes. quartz necklace. Yes. Which, if you read the book, you know what that means. <laughs> oh my God. It's read the book. Yeah, exactly. Read the book. <laughs> right there. Um, I have to say, you have such a pacifying nature about you. You're Thank so you. grounded. It, it makes me feel like I need to talk a little slower. No, don't do that, Mads. We oh, love you sorry. who you are. Oh, thanks. <laughs> we love your wild, outgoing self. I don't know. You're very nurturing. And it seems that way in the book. Like you got you both, you and Catherine both seem so in tune with yourselves. And oh, no, little, thank okay, you for good, saying okay, I that. Say, I love it. Keep going. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, obviously you guys have had this, you know, lifetime of trying to struggle with your femininity and that side and what it means. And that's, you know, the premise of the book. But it just seems like the way you guys wrote it, it's so. It is actually very nurturing. It feels like you're yeah. kind of taking us on a journey and you're kind of not coddling us, but kind of warming us up to all these things in a way. And, and then a- and then giving actionable yes. items. That yes. is what the big, that's why I was like, I don't want to, I don't know about this book because I know about femininity, I guess, but it's like, no, there are specific things you can actually employ in your day-to-day life. And it, I, it was surprising the type of yeah. actions you guys came up with. I don't know if that was something, I don't know. So that was empowering to me. Yeah. I'm so glad. That makes me so happy. It's working. Yes. It's totally working. Okay. So before we get into everything, the feminine revolution, we got to do around the current fixations. fixations. Of course. You want to start, Mads? Sure. So I don't know if you guys have listened to Conan O'Brien's new podcast. Okay. So he started a podcast, which everyone is starting a podcast if you want to be relevant in today's culture, it seems like. But he 
it may have been the best thing he could have done for his business because I am obsessed with him. Like I always thought he was funny and like if I would just randomly watch a YouTube video, but I would never seek him out. And now I have devoured his entire YouTube channel. I find him so funny, but specifically on the podcast, he brings out his assistant who name her name is Sona and the whole podcast is their dynamic and they're so hilarious. He just like kind of shits on her and then she barks back and it's just sounds like us. Yeah, it's exactly like us. I'm Conan O'Brien. You're Conan <laughs> O'Brien and I'm the assistant. Great. Fabulous. Just great. I'll take it. I'll take it. But you guys need to listen to this. And the best part is during his ads, like it's the only podcast that I don't fast forward ads because he's so funny at, at reading them. He kind of mm. puts his own oh, that's little good. flair on it, you know? Yeah. So I would encourage everyone to check it out. Cool. Thank and he you. has really great, great guests on too. So funny. Mine's also a podcast. Look at us. Look at us. Um, okay, so if you don't know who Kathy Heller is, she is the host of Don't Keep Your Day Job. And it's just an, a really inspiring podcast about how people have built their careers, ditched their day job, been super entrepreneurial. She's had guests like Bobby Brown, Jonathan Adler, Jenna Fisher from The Office. And she's just the most upbeat, positive, yet really deep and meaningful host. And every time I listen to one of her episodes, I leave really inspired. And I also leave with kind of like actionable items um, of how this person that she brings on has kind of rose to stardom or rose in their field or rose in their industry and how I can do the same in my own developments. So it's a really good one. You guys should check it out. I lo- th- I've never heard of this, which is very weird. Yeah, she's amazing. Because I know a lot of podcasts. Yeah, you know more than me, but I know. keeping you on your toes. Yeah. Okay. Jamie. Mine is not a podcast. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> surprise, thank surprise. Um, I am obsessed with tonic herbalism. Ooh. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. Tell Isn't us it more. Real? Tell I feel us like more. this is very on brand for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank tonic you. Tonic herbalism. You're right. Love it. So I'm super into all things health and wellness. That's one of the reasons the bulk of the work we do at my agency is focused on brands that are pioneers in natural foods, health and wellness, beauty. One of them is called Dragon Herbs. And... Ron Teagarden, the founder, is literally the foremost expert in Chinese herbs in the United States. Wow. And it's fascinating. I definitely, in many ways, subscribe to a more Eastern approach to medicine, really getting at the root of the issue versus just trying to solve the problem with medicine. Like, I don't take anything ever. Um, obviously there's sometimes you need to, but I try to solve things in a, the healthiest, cleanest way possible and, and try to get to the root of it. So we all have health issues all the time, right? Anxiety, sleep deprivation, sometimes those are related digestive issues. I mean, you name it, any uh, of it. That's us. Yeah. I mean, by the way, most of us have more issues than we're even aware of. But what's so cool about Chinese herbs is there are literally solutions to every single thing you could imagine. And, and ways, I mean, even disease, like real chronic issues, like cholesterol problems or heart disease, like things that you, obviously there are plenty of pharmaceuticals out there trying to solve those problems, prescription drugs. But I love the idea of being able to live in a way that doesn't require those things. And, and some of it's just more about how you feel throughout the day. So there's a, they have this ET, which is basically an instant tea. It's a line of these instant teas, which I love. And they're so, it's so easy, necessary in my life. And you literally just take a spoonful and put it in your 
hot water in the morning and I don't drink caffeine so that's what I do instead I know I know Amy is like <laughs> wow like on another plane <laughs> yeah she's we, like floating above us right now I oh drank gosh. how much caffeine today okay so there's a product called Shaolin inner power okay and that's what I start my day with and it gives you energy? It does. Huh. But the right kind of energy, like the balanced kind of energy that doesn't make you feel like you're kind of bouncing off the walls for a minute and then not, you know? It's yeah. good. So so highly recommend you check it out. They're, and there's and they make beauty bonbons. So you can basically be eating what feels like a chocolate bonbon and becoming more beautiful. Ooh. I just ate one. I don't know if it's working. It's working. It's okay. working. You're glowing. You're I'm glowing. kind of like in between Western and Eastern medicines. I do yeah. a lot of cupping, acupuncture. Right. Um, I take vitamins and all that good stuff, meditation for my anxiety, but I could, I, I've, I've all, you're inspiring me because I've always really wanted to kind of go more into that arena. Well, by the way, and this is not just a continued plug for dragon herbs, although they are <laughs> one of our clients, but you can go into dragon herbs or actually call them if you're not based in Los Angeles. And there's one of their stores right here and you can get a free consultation with an herbalist. What? Yes. Yeah we, need to do that. yeah, we have to do that. It's incredible. You should definitely do that. So yeah. that's your action item coming out of this conversation. Yes, we're doing that. Aside from homework. implementing all of these things, okay. in the book <laughs> goes without saying. But we got well, a, we got yeah. stuff to work Lots on. Lots to do. <laughs> Wait, so tonic herbs is that have to do with? You know, there's that um, that store in Los Angeles called like Tonic House or Tonic something. I don't. But sounds okay. like I should check it out. But what is tonic specifically? Um, I mean, tonic Tonics. herbalism is, and I, I would rather Ron define that than I do, but, mm. but essentially the use of these Chinese herbs, a lot of which would be in a tonic, like they have a tonic bar, for example. Yeah, so that's what they're at dragon herbs. You can go and get all kinds of herbal tonics, seen, yeah. which have all different kinds of magical potions right yes okay so maybe so I there know. are tonic bars all over the place but yeah. this specifically tonic herbalism has to do with chinese herbs got it got it very oh. cool wow that's okay. a good tip yeah highly yeah. recommend yeah, yeah we we're need, gonna do that we need to get into that we're scheduling sure. that th okay. right after Action okay item. so <laughs> let's let's talk about you and the feminine revolution talk to us about the genesis of the feminine revolution why did you feel compelled to write a book on this particular subject so about five years ago, I started feeling, well, it's strange. I always wanted to start a business. I never had any desire to write a book. So it's very strange that I wrote this, that I ever became an author. But I was feeling out of balance in some way. And so many times we talk about work-life balance, but this is a different kind of balancing issue. And I was really aware of the fact that I had developed a strong work personality, this direct, assertive, sometimes tough. That's what's required to a degree to run a business. And I grew up in advertising and in big corporate America and definitely had learned to model myself after men to thrive in a man's world. And or so I thought that I thought that was the only way. And I think many women have felt like that was the only way. But I started realizing that I was seeing less of these other really important parts of myself, my emotionality, my sensitivity, the fact that I cry easily. These are in some ways more me than these other parts. And I realized that maybe keeping those back to myself and, and you know, I built up this armor in a way because when people in work tell you you're being too sensitive, what do you do? You toughen up. So yeah. if I'm bringing this work or bossy Amy into my personal relationships, I was thinking maybe this is why I had not met Prince Charming 
unclear because I'm obviously more feminine than ever at this yeah. moment. Still haven't met Prince Charming, but um, <laughs> but I will say that I was starting to feel like if I'm dealing with this issue of feeling like I I'm sometimes not able to show the, these feminine parts of myself, I'm not alone. And I started talking to lots of women and men for that matter. I mean, lots of men would like to feel more comfortable exposing their vulnerability and their emotionality. But it was clearly an issue. And it was clear there were so many conversations going on around feminism and female empowerment and equal rights and equal opportunity, all of which are super important. I am a feminist. But nobody was talking about femininity. That's so true. So it seemed like an opportunity and it seemed like something that needed to happen. And I truly, the re way I, reason I say I felt like I was struck by lightning is because suddenly I was the one that needed to write this book. So I started thinking about it, talking to a bunch of people about it. And met Catherine about four years ago. And I remember thinking, oh, she's amazing. We met through a mutual friend. And he said, oh, if you're thinking of writing this book on femininity, you've got to speak to Catherine Connors. And we had hours to talk about but the reality was for whatever reason that we parted ways and went our separate ways and then the next year I said I this has to be the year every year I was saying this is the year this is the year of the woman every year is the year of the woman let's be honest amen so finally two years ago we were together again and I was like Catherine let's just do this together because it just it's not to say I would never have done it but I was obviously sort of blocked and I knew I needed some accountability and I also feel like in so many ways it was really important that the two of us did this together because this is a part of the story it's about a sisterhood it's about a collaborative effort it's about not one point of view. I never wanted this to book to be about my take on femininity, which is one of the reasons we interviewed almost 50, well, at least 50 people for the book because we wanted it to be reflective of a bunch of different points of view. And one of the things I say up front every single time is in no way do we want to prescribe one concept of femininity. We are leaving it open to interpretation because your definition of femininity is going to be different from mine. And that's the beauty of it. It can be. But the theme that is consistent is that many of us have these parts of ourselves that we're not showing, either because we fear they're going to be perceived as weak, because historically they have been, or because we're not even aware of it. So whether it's conscious or subconscious, we're saying, let's take a closer look at the idea of femininity, and in this case, 21 different qualities, which have historically been perceived as feminine. Let's break those down. Let's look at why they've been considered feminine. Let's look at why they've been considered weak. And let's turn that on its head and show that actually our emotionality is a superpower. The fact that we cry openly is actually a powerful thing, not a weakness. Our sensitivity is what allows us to sense what's happening around us at a meeting, in a relationship, with our employees or with our boss, and then act accordingly. It's real, tangible information. That's so powerful. So... These labels, which may have been holding us back, are simply just that. So let's take a closer look at them and let's learn to embrace them in ways that make us our most authentic selves. Because there's no question that we're going to be the happiest if we are showing up as ourselves. And, and of course, there are a lot of reasons why people are afraid to show up as ourselves. But let's not make these sort of preconceptions about what these words mean without a deeper look be the reason. Absolutely. So oh, you, I mean, so I, like, unpack. amen to that. But you talked about this being a collaborative effort. I'm, I'm so interested in this because I've been writing since I learned how to. Basically, I've kept a diary my entire life, and I've written a lot of short stories. I can't imagine writing with someone else. What was that process like? How did you guys come together in that sense? 
believe it or not, we just dove in both feet first. So the proposal is the first step, obviously. And the proposal was, I think, around 65 pages, which makes you feel like if you've written the proposal, you definitely can write the book. You feel like you've already written a book right. by the time the proposal is done. And so we just divided things up. We took a stab at different parts, and then we passed it to the other, and then got input from the other. And it was it was very much a collaborative effort in each and every part. Then in terms of the actual writing of the book, at that point, again, we had a pretty clear framework for what it was going to be. And we would each select chapters to start on, either that resonated with us easily or those that really didn't because it meant that we needed to work on those or, or get to the bottom of them, maybe even for ourselves. So that was kind of an interesting part of it too. So we'd take a stab and then we'd pass it back and forth. And Catherine, because of her history as an academic and because she taught women's studies, she has a wealth of knowledge about history and philosophy and an any sort of anecdote or story that could relate to any of these themes. They're at her fingertips. And I conducted most of the interviews. So we had a nice kind of balance of work and you know just again just had we we had a crazy timeline because we were committed to getting this published in the year of 2018 because I decided that was the year it had to be done you know I was so tired of hearing myself say this is going to happen and the publisher based on when we signed the deal said well then you're only going to have three months to write it and I think even when they said that they didn't think it was really possible I think it was almost a bit of a test and Catherine and I are like, okay, fine, we're doing it. You know, so basically over the holidays, we really just cranked it out. And we we set every week, week, we'd say, okay, we're doing two chapters this week. We're doing three chapters this week. And miraculously, it did come together. I mean, honestly, yeah. in some ways, that was a little bit of a leap of faith because who knows how you write something with someone else? Mm -hmm. I'd yeah. never done anything like that either. Yeah. But I like what you said, though, that you wanted different perspectives. You wanted that rainbow of femininity, which doesn't it, it can't be bottled up into one person and one person's perspective so I, that's really admirable but I do want to come back to the the thing you said about emotional awareness and emotional intelligence that's something I think about constantly and I do think it is something that is more inherent in women and it is a more feminine quality to be um, intuitive intuitive and um, understand your social context and be able to read people and those are really important skills in the workplace and in business and it's just so funny to me that emotional intelligence is not looked at as more important than merit or I guess I, uh, IQ or something and mm -hmm. that yeah those uh, masculine qualities of aggressiveness of dominance I guess in the workplace like that's not emotional intelligence. That's the complete opposite <laughs> spectrum. And people see emotional intelligence as this soft trait. Mm. And it's not necessary to, to foster. It's not necessary to learn in school. Like I remember when I learned um, about emotional intelligence in school and my mind was blown. I was mm. like, why are we learning accounting? I want to learn this. Like, I want to learn more about how to, because business is all interacting with people. It's all about reading someone and and listening to them and then responding in a way that you know that they you know it's it's all of that it's mm. all of those semantics and all of that uh, networking and for some reason it just is absent and it's so incredible that we have that at our be like we have that tool 
to just kind of take out. And so I implore everyone to exhibit their emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and tap into it. It's so true. Uh, so much yeah. of what we talk about, so many of the qualities I'd say are another way of talking about different aspects of emotional intelligence. And I think these days there's no question there's more of a recognition that EQ is as important as Absolutely, IQ. Yeah. But still to your point, I mean, the, again, these labels, they're diminishing, you know, and we don't even realize that the extent to which these are things that are just, they're almost so much, they're so much a part of the normal conversation. These words, you know, even the, the idea that we're so programmed to hear, oh, you're being sensitive as a bad thing. You know, it's just the way it is because women have heard that millions of times and we've always gone to a place of, oh, you're right. I'm being too sensitive. Then we beat ourselves up. I mean, so many of these things are things we beat ourselves up for. And many of them are conflicting with each other, by the way. So we deliberately with each of the chapter titles went after a stereotype, a negative stereotype and challenged that stereotype. So be emotional be controlling, be mothering, you know, all these different concepts that have historically been in an obvious way considered problematic. Um, cry openly. Yeah, be we, a, we got to talk about oh, crying. Let's, do it. let's I'm, talk I'm about crying. really into the crying I, part. When I read that chapter, I felt so enlightened. I don't know what it was, but I, I've cried at work. Uh, I go to the bathroom, you know, like most <laughs> people do. And it, I did like, I can't, oh wait, I wrote it down, sorry. Um, so this is a quote from the book. It says, crying is exposure. The ultimate, oh, of course, I okay. The ultimate demonstration of vulnerability. What if you give yourself some credit for radical honesty and transparency about your own vulnerability? And how that can improve and connect people in the workspace together. Exactly. Yes. So this is the thing about crying. First of all, there's no time in history that anyone woke up in the morning and went, I hope I burst into tears in my boss's <laughs> office like today. something we want to do. Definitely not. Not planned. Yeah. Not something we're looking forward to. So when it happens, it is a loss of control. It is a human moment, which, by the way, is okay. We are human. So instead of using that moment to create another reason to beat ourselves up, or panic, which is what most people do. Oh, my God, I cannot believe this is happening. I'm crying at the office. What if you are able to, in the moment, go, you know what? It's happening. It's on. So how do I take this and actually use it in a productive way where I can connect with the person across the table? So I have a story of a performance review that was problematic. The performance review, actually, I don't think my boss at the time would have thought it was a problematic performance review. It was a very positive performance review. And I was working for this ad agency and we'd all go out with the president of the agency was a very tough woman. And she would take us out for these performance reviews to a fancy restaurant in New York and we'd have champagne. Definitely might have been part of the problem. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But there we were sitting at a restaurant, have the review. It goes very well. And then she tells me what my raise is. And, you know, God knows expectations are problematic in life you know whatever is in our head does not mean it's going to come to reality but I was not thrilled with the raise because I felt like I had earned more and so it must have been that combined with something else she said which I don't remember at all but I started welling up and oh and the champagne don't forget about that (laughs) started welling up and I I know we weren't capable of having a conversation there was no discussion and we both left 
feeling totally misunderstood. I know she left thinking, oh, Amy is a disgruntled employee. And I left thinking she is totally cold hearted. And, you know, I, all I really wanted was for her to go, oh, you're I know how hard you are. I wanted her to read my mind, honestly. But but instead, what if I had been able to say <coughs> I'm getting emotional right now because I care so much about this job or I'm getting emotional right now because I thought I was going to get a bigger raise. What do I need to do to make that happen? And suddenly the person understands where it's coming from, which is I'm a really deeply passionate, caring employee, which she should be psyched about, by the way. That's so true. When I, when I see crying, it, to me, it just signals that you care so much and that yeah. you care so much. As you said, it's a loss of control. It's just like everything goes out the window because it's something I want to improve upon. It's something I want to achieve and get, you know. So that's I love that. It's really interesting. I I never really realized this until I read your book, actually, that my entrepreneurial track has been pretty much women only. So I started my own magazine, all women. Mm. I uh, founded a women's media site, all women. I started a podcasting agency, all women women and so started another podcast that we interview all all women (laughs) (laughs) and it's just been this thing that I've just been really pulled towards and I've noticed that in the chapter where you talk about overexpression and emails Mm. I email my podcasting guests I'm like hey love three exclamation marks how you doing babe three question marks I mean there's just an openness that's that's there that I that I treasure so Mm. much and so when I was reading that chapter I was thinking to myself like wow I've never had I'm I'm fortunate because I've never had to build that armor because I've never been in a men's world. I'm actually mm. the exact same. I've worked at three tech startups and all CEOs were women. Wow. Yeah, and it's re- it's really interesting. It's a different dynamic and it's it's, yeah. it's honestly when I was reading this I was like, "Wow, I'm so free." I I have freedom to express myself the way I want to. I have the freedom to listen to my clients the way I want to. I have the freedom to interview guests and actually form a vulnerable vulnerable conversation. And this is business for us. This is, and I think it's such a beautiful thing. And it made me realize, I mean, not that there's anything wrong in working in a male-dominated industry or if you're in the workplace with a male boss or anything like that, but I've never felt the need to create this kind of masculine armor around myself. It's fantastic. No, it's really fantastic. And, and, you know, it's interesting, you're recognizing that you're fortunate in that way. It's not in every environment with women that that's even possible. Yeah, that is because true. Because so I often, yeah, <laughs> so often women who have kind of fought the good fight, mm-hmm. so let's give them credit, mm-hmm. are the ones that are making it impossible for us to be vulnerable in the workplace. Because, because they believe there's only one spot for me at the top and I not like not rooting for your success or not rooting for your, uh, it's um, cutthroat. It's cutthroat. And it's just like, I work so fucking hard against all, yeah, against all the odds. And here you come in with your exclamation marks. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, get out of here. Exactly. Exactly. It's true. It is true. But, um, I, yeah, I loved that overexpression aspect. Yeah. I mean, I, I think obviously we do need to consider that there is specific environments. Yeah, of course. Yes. I, yes, it, yes, yes, of like, course. Uh, of course, with your podcasting agency, that's the type of relationship you want to Cultivate. achieve. Yeah. Um, obviously, in a business setting, I still I use exclamation points, and even a business setting, I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, like childish or you know, it's passion. Immature. I think it's passion. I don't use like five. I use 
one at the end and I say, please Jesus let me know. Three. Yeah. She, <laughs> sorry, guys. We're meeting in the middle. We're meeting in the middle. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I do want to ask you, what's your favorite feminine trait? Well, that's like choosing between children. Okay. Okay. Obviously. So what is one that you just okay. feel connected to yes. personally? Yeah. Well, we've already talked about crying, which uh, you would totally. usually be my go to because totally. I come from a family of criers. So do we. Awesome. I love it. When you go, I've been doing more talking these days. And when I'm out speaking to groups, once people are given the freedom to acknowledge that they're a crier, I'd say more times than not, more than 50% of the room is criers. It's pretty awesome. Um, so I do think the other one, I mean, many of them resonate for me, but definitely the sensitivity one. Because I think growing up, my mom used to tell me that I was sensitive and I, I just... It was never in a positive way. And then performance reviews where people would say, don't take things personally and you're being too sensitive. And that's where you do. But you toughen up. You build up the armor because you think it's not okay to show that part of yourself. And and not only do you hide that part of yourself, but you forget how valuable it is. And I'm so clear now that it's my sensitivity that makes me great at my job. It's why I can sense what's happening in a room and 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 again when it comes to my employees we have this be mothering chapter which is an important one because it's not about biological motherhood it's about nurturing and thank you for saying i have nurturing energy i really appreciate that you do thank you (laughs) um but but it is these things kind of go hand in hand you know because i am sensitive i can be nurturing because i can feel what someone needs and and a lot of times my employees will be having a rough day or something they'll get have gotten off the phone with a client then had a rough conversation and like before anyone else even has any clue that there's a problem I uh, zero in on them and call them into my office I'm like what's up because I know you know and then we can solve it together so um I think the sensitivity is something now that I embrace wholeheartedly and it doesn't mean I'm running around taking things personally again that's the bad part but there's the it's collecting real meaningful information mm-hmm. it's not it's 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 not about what's on the paper. It's about the fact that I know things intuitively. It's very closely related to the intuition chapter, which is another mm-hmm. one that's very close to my heart. You know, I think we all know so much. We always know the right thing to do. We always are clear about that, whether we will acknowledge it or not, or whether we have factors that are confusing us, you know, TBD, but in our hearts and in our guts, we know what to do. So yeah. it's one of the things I try to encourage my team to do it more times than not is to trust the gut. So, for example, sometimes we're negotiating deals and one of my employees who's often at the helm of that comes into my office regularly and she'll say, what's the right number for this deal? And I will tr- put it right back on her. So what does your gut tell you? And almost every single time our range is the same range. So it the, the reality is, if anything, we've just because of the way society puts so much value on the tangibles, we have forgotten how valuable this is. As a kid, kids always trust their gut. There's nothing else. So That's it's so almost true. like a return, you know, return to trusting the gut. And it's it's pretty nice, actually. So I was just on the phone with someone today who's kind of my spiritual guru, Dr. Habib Sadegi. He's quoted in the in the book. He's my medical doctor and my spiritual healer. Um, 
But he was telling me that I have a lot of clarity in all aspects of my life right now. I, I, there, I'm going through this. What's some, that like? Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah. Well, that's the irony. Seriously. I'm going through a pretty chaotic time. We've yeah. had a lot of transition in different parts of the business. And, you know, a couple of employees have moved to new cities. And we're a small agency. So that really takes its toll. And they're, and they're also very close to my heart. So it's emotionally a lot. And then some client transitions, new clients, clients leaving, the usual stuff running an agency. Um, but more stuff happening at this very moment than ever imagined. And I was just, you know, downloading. And he's like, well, the good news is you have clarity about how to operate in all these things. And I thought, thank God, because that's that. And I thought to myself, so much of it is because I'm trusting my gut and my intuition, you know, it comes back to that every time. Yeah, Absolutely. gut and intuition, especially for women, is something that I've tried to be way more in tune with in my own life. Just because, um, sorry, you're going to have to take a shot. I'm bipolar. So we have a drinking game every, every time, time I says, says, says she's by Yeah. So I have learned from a very young age to one, not trust my mind, mm. but trust my intuition because mm. my mind is telling me things that my intuition isn't believing. Wow. And so it's a very interesting relationship that I've cultivated where sometimes they get mixed up and I can't figure out which one is which. But at the end of the day, if you can lead with your intuition versus your mind, you will prevail in the end. That's amazing. So how do you distinguish between – because the way I trust my gut is I go, okay, let's just take a moment. It's take a step back usually. Like how do I take a step back, breathe? Maybe I literally take a moment. And then I'm like, what how, What am I feeling? Instinctively, you know? yeah. What am I feeling? And you, you, I can feel it here in my body. It's like it is coming from the gut area. It's a visceral reaction. Yeah. It's, yeah. A t it's just a – it's like a pain a little bit, yeah. like a little tingling mm -hmm. if you know something is a little off. Right. Yeah. Or if you know something's because right. It's right, yeah. yeah. Then it's yeah. like a fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like erupting. Yeah. Um, but I, I really love that you're such a sensitive leader. I think leaders, and it kind of goes back to that whole aspect of um, being an emotionally intelligent and sensitive leader, I feel like drives results. Like mm. I don't know why we don't think that – it makes you a quote unquote soft business. Like I think ever male or female, anyone who's a leader should be tapping into mm. any of these 21 feminine traits. Like it's just so essential for, um, not only for driving revenue and, and making a successful business, but just the, the human, the, the, your employees and their happiness and their state of mind and their, their at ease. And it's just, I love that you're able to just pull in an appointment and be like, what's up? I can feel, I can sense there's something wrong. Like most leaders will just ignore it and be like, ah, she'll figure it out. Like, I don't want to yeah. even bring or it up. Or view it as a negative attribute. Or just be like, mm. oh, she's too, she can't, you know, take this or something. Mm. It's in, in, uh, I just like, I, yes, thank you for <laughs> being that way is, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, God knows uh, not every person would say that's the most efficient way to run a business because to your point, sometimes maybe it's good for people just to work through their stuff versus yeah. be kind of mothered to this yeah. degree. But it is the only way I know, you know, and, and ultimately my employees, I'm sure would tell you I'm far from perfect and that sometimes I drive them crazy. <laughs> No doubt, but in, in so many different ways. But I think in the end, even if I've done something that I know is bothering them, I also know I want to fix it, you know, and I also and I if they're stressed because of work, I want 
to know them to know I'm there and that, you know, some of that stress is inevitable. I can't solve that. The reality is we're all stressed. Yep. But I, I want us to feel like we're in it together, you know? And so I think it should never be undervalued sensitivity. It's really like it, and it's everything. It's like, it plays such a huge role in our, in our day to day life. Wait, in ways that we don't even realize, you know? So I hope this is one of the things people say sometimes, what do you hope will happen as a result of this book? I hope I, I someday young women, when they're told they're being sensitive, say thank you. Oh, that's oh. beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay. I'm going to start saying that. Yeah, I'm going to start saying that too. Okay. We don't want to take up too much. We know you have to go. And that is a beautiful note to end on. Oh. Please let everybody know where they can find you and buy this book and all everything. Uh, and about your company if they want to reach out or learn more about you. it. Thank you for hiring. Um, so company is stanton-company.com and on Instagram, Stanton Company. And uh, the book can be bought everywhere on Amazon. You can find out more on femininerevolutionbook.com and also on Instagram, Feminine Revolution Book. <laughs> we'll tag it. We'll tag it. We'll tag it. <laughs> I think. Yeah, no. And, and yeah, and I'm Amy K. Stanton everywhere. So Beautiful. that keeps it simple. But thank you. I love talking to you too. Yeah, this was so, so great. I feel so feminine. Yeah, girl. <laughs> I feel ready to be sensitive and cry. I'm, I'm, I'm Are you going to cry at work tomorrow? Yeah, girl. Yeah, girl. Please keep me posted on that. <laughs> I want to debrief. All right, sisters, you can find us at OK Sis Podcast, and we'll see you next week. We love you. Love you. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life tune in every thursday to i'm not your shrink wherever you listen to podcasts while i'm not your shrink i am still human and i'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together 